Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosity, the one true podcast. Uh, today we've got uh, radio personality, Carrie. And geek show host, and Carrie Jackson. Show. So X96, <laughs> radio from hell, Carrie Jackson. Who am I? Yeah, who which, are you? Which one am I? <laughs> I am both. He's not Bill, and he's pretty. I'm pretty sure he's not Gina. He as might well. be Gina. You know, I um, may be more Gina than Bill. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not that manly. I listened to X96 for years before I figured out that Gina was actually the daughter of Tom Barberry. We didn't make it perfectly clear. <laughs> I just learned that fact. <laughs> just, you still just now? Didn't know. Just now. <laughs> oh, well, it's it's it, it was fascinating. It was. Um, she the first time we met her actually she was I think just she'll correct me if I'm wrong I have a terrible memory um it, it was soon after high school or she was in college or high school and she was friends with a girl named Kristen and they entered our Faith No More house party contest the grand prize was Faith No More playing in your backyard what what year was that I can't remember. 90, 89, Is that when probably. we went saw him at the <laughs> Huntsman Center and I almost got killed? <laughs> long time ago. And uh, they did not win, but they were invited to the party, and, and she was there, and, and uh, she said, hi, I'm Gina Barberi, and I went, and she goes, yeah, yeah, Tom Stone. And she was just so goddamn funny. And we just remembered her, and, and uh, we said to the PD of KJQ at the time, uh, Mike Summers, you should give her an air shift. And uh, he, he put her on weekends at first and then overnights, and uh, she just kind of jocked for us for a while. And then the massive, bad, crazy breakup of KJQ happened, and she got a job right. at uh, Q99, the, uh, one, of a, one of a many string of radio stations that were supposed to squash X96 like a bug. <laughs> and, no uh, dice. And she was working there, and then she wound up doing mornings there. And it was at that time that uh, Bill and I, after our brief divorce, back at X96, we decided we needed another producer because we had gone through two of them. And we remembered her. And um, it, w it, was, it was like, yes, it'd be great. You know, she's funny. She's a chick. That helps. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know. Diversity. It, it brings in a different <laughs> viewpoint and stuff. Right. Something we lack. And so uh, <laughs> it, we, our boss, Jim Facer, uh, called her in for the interview. Well, her boss found out about the interview. He was none too pleased. Ah. Because remember, he was still, even though the station was sinking like a stone, yeah. he was still going to squash yes. X96 like a bug. Still had the plans. So uh, he, uh, after, after many uh, <laughs> threats and loss, you know, threats of lawsuits happened, I think our boss, uh, Jim, said to the guy, uh, you know what, go ahead and sue me. I don't care. <laughs> That's why I have an attorney on retainer to do these sort of things. I'm I'm taking your girl. I'm sorry, you don't really have an enforceable contract. Do what you want. She came over, and it was I think two weeks later the station went down. You know, uh, Q99 went down. So uh, so and, she, she was propping the whole thing up, and uh, she, she was, <laughs> and she was, was the last straw. And and she came on as producer of the you know she went from hosting morning show to to producing our show, and she was the worst producer we ever had. That's why we had to make her part of the right. show. You put her in the booth. There yeah. was just no choice. We had to do it. <laughs> you are terrible. You're the worst producer. <laughs> just get over here and sit down. You're hired. <laughs> so that, how long have you been doing that? So I remember listening to X96 when I was in uh, college. Right. Mm -hmm. 90s, well, when, 90s. When you say doing that. Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about masturbation now. Oh, uh, well, yeah. no, that goes way back. Um, I've been doing radio since 1982. I've been on the air you know, with brief, right? You know, dropouts here and there. Where did you since start? Since '82, or how did you start? I it was uh, my home. I grew up in Salem, Utah. Uh huh. That was just south of Spanish Fork. Farming community. Grew up on a farm. Salem. Yeah, it's between uh, Payson and Spanish oh, Fork. Oh, that's that's way down there. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 about four, uh, forty-five minutes south of Salt Lake. I don't I don't know why, but I thought you came from the Ogden area. That's no, Bill. that's Bill. That's oh, Bill, okay, Bill's that's Rock. Bill. That's Bill. That's but we're uh, yeah, we're Utah boys. And I, I grew up on a farm doing hard labor and talking about how much I hated hard labor mm -hmm. <laughs> and wanted to do anything but hard labor and used to dream of, you know, because I was extraordinarily shy. The only way I could meet girls, I figured, was to, to be famous somehow. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be on the radio. I love listening to this guy, Skinny Johnny Mitchell, on 1320 AM KCPX, <laughs> you know. He's the boss jock of the night, you know, seven to midnight, and he... 
he does the Battle of the Records, and he's always so damn cool. And I'll bet he's got women falling off of him. That's the key. That's how I'll meet girls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I won't have to initiate the conversation. They'll come to me, you know? That was the goal. I got into radio to get laid. I've said it many times. That was my whole But they focus. have to... They have to hear you speak first to know it's you. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I was going to say, how'd that work out for you? Well, see, I, I, there was a radio station in Spanish Fork. It had been there forever. Uh, uh, an AM station. At the time, it was, uh, well, when I was growing up, it was a country station, K-O-N-I. Daytimer, AM station. And uh, that meant daytimer means you turn it on when the sun rises. Right. And when the sun sets, you have to turn it off, which means sometimes you're turning the thing off at 6 p.m. Sometimes you're turning it off at 8.30, you know. Uh, and... Uh, I, uh, I tried to get a job there initially when I found out that a friend of mine's father bought it. And so I thought, this is great. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'll just go, okay. Mr. Neal? Yeah, you know, I hang out with your boy all the time, and I'd, I'd like to be in put radio. Me on. Yeah, put me on. Give me a shot. Well, he gave me a little talking to. He sat me down and said, uh, listen, Carrie, I'm going to tell you, because we're close, you'll never make it in radio. <laughs> nice. Like, really? Your voice is entirely too high. Now, this is the era of the boss jock. Right, right. You know, when it, you know, the deep voice, Dario Speedwagon, you know. This is the same, this is the same issue I have with our podcast. Fuck you, everyone, by the way. What? What? Because your voice is. My voice is too high. I have a falsetto, I've been told. Hello. Well, let me just serve as an an inspiration to you that it it can happen. I feel bad. Mine's Um, much sexier. But yeah, he sat me down. He says, Carrie, you'll never make it in the radio. Your voice is entirely too high. So you need to start thinking about something else. And I just went, well, it was a slow burn. It was a slow burn. And And I realized that that started my pathway. People say, what is your motivation for success? And I realized that it's... It's fear and revenge. You know, th- those are my motivators, and that, that was so. That's where it began. And uh, he had the station for a while, then sold it to a mysterious firm out of L.A. Bought it, and they were going to change it into something. But then this guy from Provo came in and said, "Let me try making it soft rock. Let me try making it like a top forty soft rock. What's this, called adult contemporary." This is an AM station, right? It's an AM station. It was doomed to fail. Yeah. But he, you know, this is, this is a long-time radio guy. Steve Hope was his name, and he wanted to give it a try. And I, was, uh, uh, I had applied for and was attending a radio broadcast school in Salt Lake City. Don't look. They're not there oh. anymore. <laughs> the Intermountain School of Broadcast. And I was in about a month in, and I was just driving home, and I was driving by the station, and I went, I'm going to go in. There's a new guy there. I'm going to go in. Yeah. I went in there. He was by himself. He was playing records and trying to get the station in order, trying to manage it. He was going to be the boss and, and run the thing. But he was also doing a shift. And I said, uh, uh, Steve, uh, hi. I always wanted to be on radio. I just always wanted to do this. And he said, uh, all right, you're hired. Uh, I need someone to uh, play the God shows on Sunday mornings. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, that's, that's the bad part. You know, that- 6, 6 a.m. to noon on Sunday morning. But the good part is I'm going to let you do the live, the ID live. You'll get to say the call letters and the, the, the legal identification of the station live. Yes. And then you'll press play on, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. music and the spoken word or whatever I mean, it was. You how know? old were you then? I was, it was 82, so I was just out of high oh, school. Oh, my God. Oh, that still, I think in that time, that would have been pretty cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I said, how much does it pay? And he says, uh, the pay is you get the privilege of clean, <laughs> yeah. cleaning the toilets. That was my pay. Oh. But I, after a year and a half there, I, by the time I left, I was afternoon drive and assistant PD and music director and, and all the things. And that's, that's the great thing about learning at a small place like that is that you, you fuck up and you make your mistakes there where no one can hear them. Right. <laughs> and uh, you, then you learn all your skills. And uh, so that, that's the, the humble so beginnings. So you grew up in a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mormon? Yes. Mostly Mormon? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. Do you grow up Mormon then? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I uh, I was adopted, and I found out later, uh, my biological parents, uh, when they handed me over to the adoption agency, they said, uh, we'd, we'd like to have him raised in a, in a good Catholic home, <laughs> to which the adoption agency chuckled and said, you realize what state you live in, right? Good luck. <laughs> good luck. So, yes, I was baptized. I'm still on paper uh, as a member of the church, still on paper. You can't get off that, I think. No, you can't. Can you? you My wife to... did that. Oh, she did? Yeah. Requires you sending them a letter and threatening. But don't they just kind of like leave it off to the side? They try to screw you around, can. but... No, they, they make it difficult. Yeah. It was a difficult process. You know, my, my, 
wife's parents are dead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was what we had heard from people who had done it before. They said, uh, the first thing they do when you send in that letter is they go to your parents. Because <laughs> your parents will guilt you into anything. Right, of course. That's why I'm still on paper. <laughs> My father is still alive. Is he is he actively Mormon? Oh, he's actively he's not only actively Mormon, he uh he still holds out hope for my wife and I. Oh. That will like A he's like your parents. <laughs> come back, get married in the temple, yeah. B have kids. That's the other thing. Yeah. And I'm like, Dad, you're you just hit eighty and yeah. it's not there. But I'm not gonna you know, I don't want to say anything to hurt him. I'm gonna let him live out his time with the hope because me being on paper really doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. So uh but the second that he uh that we, you know, put him in the ground. Uh, I will write the letter Send as well. Letter in. When she wrote the letter, when my wife, Suzanne, wrote the letter, they went after her siblings, since there were no living parents. There's one sibling that's still active in the church, and uh, got a call. Oh my God, Suzanne. Oh my God. Is everything okay? How can you possibly, how can you possibly uh, raise children or be good if you don't have God in your life, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't be good. Why would you no. throw all this away? Exactly. And uh, then the, the process went on, and the process went on, and then we got a knock at the door from uh, the local uh, bishop uh, the, of the ward that we live in now. Oh, he and, came by uh, give you the talk He came by. He, he was actually very cool about it. I thought we'd get the hard press, but it was, uh, look, we just wanted to make sure that this was, in fact, you, <laughs> and that you are, in fact, making this decision of your own volition, and, and all of this, and, uh, you know, just everything's on the up and up. She went, yes. She signed a paper, and, she, and they said good luck, and that, that was it. Wow. So They're you guys thorough. have never gone to church? Because he didn't know. You didn't know. No, no, no. no I, haven't, I, haven't, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure this was you. You I actually ha- live here. I haven't, uh, I haven't actively uh, <laughs> gone to church since uh, I was probably uh, 16. Really? Oh, wow. So two years at home. Yeah. Right? So, you didn't yeah. go to church. How do your parents think about that? Uh, I just kept telling them that it was because I was working. I, I, <laughs> oh, I had a why job. Why did they think of that? You can't work on the Sabbath. <laughs> no, see, no, see, I had jobs that, in, that required me to work on Sunday mornings. <laughs> I, and it would make me very tired. So I, I worked at a dairy, and I also had a paper route. It's a nice cover. So it was, oh, Mom, I'm just tired. And she's like, okay, well, I know you'll go eventually. <laughs> <laughs> because that's just what you do, you know. Did you ever accept it? I mean, when I was a kid, I pretty much accepted it, hook, line, and sinker. Well, you know, there's that whole, you know, when you're eight years old, yeah, yeah, you know, you're still not sure about the Easter Bunny either, you know, because right. because damn it, the eggs still show, you know, right? There's but, evidence uh, for that. There is. There's Santa a clause. Exactly. Right. There's evidence. Um, so yeah, I mean, I bought into it for a while. It, it and you just kind of do it and not think about it. It's just like I said, it's just what you do for so long. And it's not until I think about maybe 13 or 14, when you start paying attention to science, it's not as boring, and you, you're lucky and you get a science teacher that makes things interesting, and then you start having questions about physics and, 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 and all of these things, and you begin to realize, hmm, that book was written back when the world was still flat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So this sounds like a, it's another one that's... Ripped from faith by the cruel thorn of education. The claws of science. Right. Well, and it was, it, was, it was a combination of a lot of things. There was never any one thing. I, uh, and I still made the mistake of, you know, even after declaring my atheism, still dating Mormon girls for some reason. No. Oh. That's uh, from lack of other options. Yeah. yeah. Good luck finding <laughs> no, it was probably It was probably that, yeah. So when did you admit it? Did you ever admit it to yourself first? Or did you, did you, did you have a coming out? I think that it was, um, I mentioned this divorce period with me and Bill. There was a time right after the post-KJQ crash and the beginning of X96, it was a really weird time for me. Was that like 87? I'm trying to remember. I want to say. 89. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I I remember I was at the U at that time. And it was like the best station out there. it, it, It began... And it still is. It began. See, I got I got married young. I got married when I was uh, twenty to uh, this this gorgeous little redhead, and uh, she was just so darn pretty. And I had such low self esteem that I said to myself, "I'm never going to do better." 
even though I knew that she was not right, and, and I just thought to myself, I'm never going to do better. I better lock this one down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you make that mistake. Yeah, oh, I did. I and, made that and, mistake. And didn't marry, though. And you, so, realize three, you realize two and a half years in, three years in, oh, God, what did I do? All right. Okay, I got to start planning to get out. So I started planning secretly to get out, and for two years I worked extra gigs uh, at clubs, saving up the money because I just decided I'm I'm not going to make this a drawn out thing. I'm just going to tell her I'm not happy. Yeah. I'm I'm moving out. I have, and this this is exactly what I did. Here is your car. It is paid for. I have paid for six months' rent of the apartment. I'm taking every you know you're keeping everything. You get everything. I'm taking. This will give you an idea how long ago it was. <laughs> taking my Star Wars I'm taking my, my I'm taking my toys. Oh, yes. I'm taking my uh, video cassette tapes. Yes. Ah. My Twin Peaks on video. <laughs> Do you have a working VCR, by the way? Right up there. <laughs> oh, my God. i got to um, bring my tapes over because that's fantastic. And, and, and I've got a place to stay with our night jock, Dom Casual. I'm going to be sleeping on the other end of his trailer that he has in Bountiful. I'll be sleeping on the floor. That's what will be happening. So I, I made the plans during that whole time. Now, she knew I was unhappy to the point where um, she, uh, in, in front of her parents, said, uh, you know, Carrie's not happy with the marriage and, and is thinking about leaving. And her mother looked at me and said, you know what would bring you two together? A kid. Oh, no. Children. You should have a kid. Yes, yeah. You should have a kid. That will bring you together. I said, no, that will bring an innocent into a bad situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't you think? A terrible idea. No, you'll have something to work on together. Yeah. Work yeah. on. <laughs> you'll be trapped. And I wanted to say, I don't like to go shopping with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there it is. Uh, so th- so that's, that's kind of where... It- so I left... And uh, then I then I met uh, I met a girl and, and fell in love with her and that went badly and I took that very badly, and it was at that same time. This is okay. We can somebody can wiki the dates on this. It was the day that Oingo Boingo opened the Salt Palace, which is now the Delta Center. They were the first concert to sell out the Delta Center. Wait. Don't let anyone else tell you it was Janet Jackson. It was Oingo <laughs> no. Boingo. We filled that fucking place. With the Delta Center was called the Salt Palace before the Salt Palace was called. The it was Palace? well, it was it was called the Salt Palace originally, and then it became okay. the Delta Center. But it was that it's that arena. We we did it. Boingo Boingo open there, and uh, so yeah, look that date up. Yeah. that was the day I found out that I had cancer. It was oh, that I didn't day. Know this. It was that day because uh, in the weeks leading up to that, my girlfriend had noticed that my left testicle was growing. And I just kind of, because we were fucking a lot. And I thought that it was just, you <laughs> Maybe know. Maybe it was too much fucking. I damaged it or something. I didn't know. <laughs> Bruised. But she was. Somebody she, was pummeling Her it. mother was a nurse, and, and she told her mother about it. and said, we really ought to get that checked. So I we went in. We did an ultrasound. It was, you know, it was, which was, was kind of hard not to get an erection when that was happening. You know, you're, you're, it's all that gel. It was wonderful. Right. Here's some lubricant. Uh, I'm going to rub it. We're and, handle this and, stuff. And, you know, they did all the tests and everything. And then the, it was that day. We were on our way to the show. And the doctor said, will you swing by on your way to the uh, Oingo Boingo show? Uh, yeah, you got cancer. It's the bad kind. And uh, this, this could go very badly for you. Um, you could die. Yes, it's that kind of cancer. Uh, here's what we need to do. We're going to have to go in and remove that. And uh, hopefully, it's still in its sack. Because he's. <laughs> we know about testicular cancer. Too. And yeah. have a nice day. And have a nice day. <laughs> if it's still in its sack, you got a chance. Um, if it if the sack breaks, yeah. and I said, you mean if it breaks while it's being removed? He goes, yeah. Could what cancer can just spill yeah, out of it? Could happen. Yeah, it could. The oh, cells, shit. this on a cellular level, it could spill out into your bloodstream. So we we got to be very careful removing it, and and then. So, so, since you're young, we recommend that you get a nudicle, a little plastic fake nut. Ah. Went, okay, great. He yeah. said, we also recommend, because you're young, that you go to the sperm bank and oh. load up, because right. we're going to be messing around down there. <laughs> we, we may nick something, and you may never get an erection again, or you may you know not be able to have kids or something. It's just, there's a lot of messing around down there, and we just, if you want to have kids in the future... and and I was in love with this girl, and I was. It was before I was so anti-kid. I was like, "Yes, we. I'd sperm. Yes, yeah. I, <laughs> save my sperm." 
So you had to make a big deposit. So we, yeah, and that was fun. But you got to be gentle because you don't want to bump the sack. That's exactly. True. I exactly. would be so nervous at that. I'm like, what if I exactly nail it too hard? But uh, <laughs> but that was everywhere. that was fun because she would come and help and and you know. But then we filled it up and we we got the we got the surgery going and and all of that. Uh, they said no, okay, now we got the, the sack was not broken. However, we still want to go in and do some more looking. Oh, because it could be on a microscopic level cancer cells somewhere and the sooner we catch it the better we have okay fine so what do we do we're going to split you open uh from just above mr happy all the way up to your sternum we're going to push all your guts to one side and we're going to start down about your upper thigh through your entire lymphatic system we're going to go about every wow. half inch every quarter inch we're going to take a sample there's going to be a series of interns running back and forth from the lab because this is the old days. Did you, you know, have health insurance? I had horrible health oh. insurance <laughs> oh at the time. God. Horrible health insurance, which well, is another story. Do? But uh, anyway, so they, they said, uh, how long am I going to be under? So you about, about eight hours, probably six to eight hours. We're going to keep you under. And, uh, and is that right to you? <laughs> it depends on if they find something. If they find something, it's a very short operation. They close you back yeah, up. Yeah, they just close done. you back up and they're done. But if they have to harvest all the way up that stream, yeah, mm-hmm. it could be eight hours. And I was. It was six hours open. I don't know if you know, Chuck is some kind of a doctor. Some kind of a doctor. Some kind of a doctor. Those, perhaps theology. Yeah, yeah. witch doctor. Witch. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to remember, this was, like, this was like 20, 25 years ago. And uh, so the, you know, the tech was all old. It was back when the U Hospital still had black and white TVs in their rooms. Uh, <laughs> Lance Armstrong before Lance Armstrong. <laughs> so uh, anyway, they, they they I wake up from the surgery and they said, "Well, you know, the good news is we didn't find anything, but we'll just keep an eye on stuff." Amazing. Uh, and I said, "Okay, great. So, uh, what do we do?" He said, "Well, you just gotta, you know, as soon as you make a bowel movement, we'll uh, we'll let you go." This was like a week before Christmas. Ah. And. Uh, I, I said, okay, when does the feeling come back in my legs? Because that, that would be helpful. And they said, pardon us? <laughs> Remember where we talked about we're messing around with a lot of delicate stuff down there? What did you say? <laughs> I said, I just, I'm fine. I just, I hurt like hell right here, but I can't feel anything from the waist down. Is that normal? No, that's not normal. Sorry. Could uh, you move it? Couldn't move. Couldn't move. It was the weirdest feeling to look down and see someone grabbing your toe. And yeah. it was like it was someone else's yeah. toe. They give you an epidural? They gave me an epidural. That's what happened. <laughs> they screwed up the <laughs> epidural. <laughs> they, they pumped too much juice into the epidural. All these doctors are standing around. Panicking. Panicking, trying to figure out what they did. And I got a, I got a male. <laughs> Paralyzed him. I got a male, Run. <laughs> I got a male nurse who, who comes in and he says, you know, I think they just kind of screwed up the epidural. And <laughs> I think that's all. I think it'll come back. We'll just wait. Yeah. All right, get him into an MRI right now. We need to know. <laughs> the nurse is like, "All right, I'll do it." But I think you just you'll be fine. But and after all the testing and everything, he came in just just as I was getting ready to go to sleep, and he said, uh, "Look, I'm going to put these uh, compression uh, things on your legs. They you know they inflate and deflate, and so we'll get your blood moving. We'll see if that'll help." And sure enough, he was right. That's that's what it was. But it was wow. scary there for a, oh, yeah. a oh, good 48 yeah. hour period. You know, yeah. you, you think you're not going to walk or fuck no. again. You know, <laughs> how old are you at this time? Uh, at the time of of that, oh gee, I was probably twenties, right? Yeah, early twenties, twenty four, yeah. twenty, something um, like that. So you were already an atheist at this time. No, this is this is where it kind of happened gotcha. because as I'm going in for the big surgery, yeah. the gutting you like a trout. Oh, because before that, I had been exploring all kinds of shit. After after I, you know, the, the bad time, uh, you know, the, I had a friend. <laughs> Who, who was talking about Buddhism and, 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 you know, this girl that I was dating at the time was Catholic and I was just prepared to do anything to get her. And so I was like, I'll convert. <laughs> <laughs> Why I'll not? Convert. I'll convert to Catholicism. And he so prayers to God before So the I was, exactly, I was exploring everything yeah. and hadn't even prayed or anything for yeah. the longest time. And it just, as I'm lying there in the hallway, getting ready to get wheeled in, I'm like, all right, now would be a good time. Want to give me a little something, something. It sounds like he saved you. Dear Jesus. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, he fucked up his epidural. Yeah. Oh. Paralyzed me. That, that was, those are the mortals, though. <laughs> but isn't that where he showed you you should have faith? <laughs> That's right. You know, he did that to you because, well, this not, bec- not because he's a dick, but because he wanted you to <laughs> That's appreciate your legs. That's why there's only one set of footprints, because you were paralyzed yeah. and you can't Exactly. Walk. Someone yeah. was carrying somebody, but... Uh, but then there was a whole discovery period during that time and after that time uh, where it was, uh, you know, you just start doing reading about everything. And, and the first thing you do is you go, well, I was raised this. Let me research that. You research that and you go, yeah, I was 
It's because of where I was born and raised is why that faith happened. It wasn't anything divine. It just, it was statistics. That's all. And so I started exploring everything and, and I decided that, that I was an atheist and then like an idiot started dating a Mormon girl. I, (laughs) (laughs) how does she feel about that? Well, she always thought as the first wife did always thought that she could bring me back. Yes. I'll get you back. Don't worry. This is just a phase. Chuck's wife still hold not hope for him. I don't think so. Really? <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a staunch Mormon as well. Still, I think she gave up hope yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, that's that's got to be an interesting relationship because I always, you know, when I was dating the Mormon girl, I was just like, oh, it's very simple. Because uh, she said, "What do we tell the kids?" I said, "Well, I tell the kids you're Mormon. That's what I tell them. You, right. You're Mormon. Daddy's not. That's yeah. all there is to it. Uh, you know, plus, I don't think we're going to have kids. Did we talk about that?" <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it flares up every once in a while. We we have two kids, mm-hmm. and she takes them to church, and I stay home. It's awesome. I get to awesome. myself. It's fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> it's because you kids are Mormon, right? But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was an odd time because uh, you know we <laughs> she uh, she would you know the Mormon girls that uh, <laughs> she would come over to my place and like be unclothed Friday night and stay unclothed until. She went to church Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just incredible. And, and then her bishop finally said, look, this is it. You, you, he's he's got to come in or you've got to end this thing. I said, well, I guess that's it. I guess he's decided what our relationship will be. Oh, she went for that. And she, she bought it. I guess so. Bishop's got the trump card. And that was it. She, uh, I think it was six months later, was, was pregnant and married to a chiropractor or something like go. that. So uh, there you go. She found a return missionary. I don't know. I never learned much about him, other than he was a chiropractor. That's all I knew. There's a that's enough. That's enough. All I needed to that's know. Enough. The ability to compartmentalize that stuff, you know, mm. sex, do whatever you want. Sunday morning, you're sitting there in church, and that's no what problem. I couldn't figure out. That's what I couldn't figure out is that you know she was she was doing all this uh, all this stuff with me, and she was happy when she was doing it, and then she'd go to church and she'd come home and she'd be feeling like shit. Right. You know. Oh well, she said right. just stuck to anal. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's okay. Oral. It's funny. That was the one thing I couldn't talk her into. <laughs> but you should have used that argument. Couldn't talk her into Look, this is the, the hole that God does not watch. Exactly. It's, you it's, know, it's, that one's okay. You're, okay. Not, <laughs> yeah. you're still a virgin. It's not the holiest of holies, as they say. <laughs> oh, Garfunkel and Oates, by the way, have a song about that, which uh, everybody should listen to. About anal? About, it's pretty much about, uh, yeah, religious. They're very funny. The oh. They are. So was it a gradual slide, or was there uh, one moment where you thought, like, "Dear God, I'm I'm atheist." I uh, I didn't have that uh, uh, no epiphany, no epiphany. But I I kind of on the on the beginning of the uh, the quest, if you want to call it that, I went. I think I'm atheist. <laughs> Better check things out first, though, because yeah. you know, rather than just saying, you know, I I'll went I went bets. directly from Mormonism to atheism. It was as silly as saying, "Well, it's because I'm a Mormon. I was born this way. That's why I'm a Mormon. It's not by choice." Uh, I decided I better check things out. So we, you know, looked around, and my friend uh, Lee George Cade uh, was was there, and he's uh, he's got the restaurant, right? Yeah, he's the Frisch Frisch. Uh, Compassionate eatery. Try he's he's uh, vegan downtown. <laughs> we just did a plug for him. Vegan place. <laughs> um, but uh, he he was sort of my Obi Wan through that time. He uh, <clears throat> after 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 my relationship ended and I uh, KJQ exploded and I was unemployed. You know he was the one who made sure I didn't stay on the kitchen floor in a fetal position. Right. <laughs> you know he he dragged me out and got me exercising and you know thinking and talking and reading and interacting with the human race. So. Uh, he was there through all that, and he he sort of like created his own religion at one point there <laughs> for a well, while. He has a degree in cultural anthropology, right? As, he, as far as I know, I think so. As do I. Uh-huh. It's amazing, Sean. Most right? amazing people usually the most major. useless degree. <laughs> I I never know with Lee. I never know whether he's bullshitting me or not. You know, he could tell me I have a degree in cultural anthropology, and I would just go, oh, okay, <laughs> sounds good, okay. Because he knows just enough stuff to convince uh-huh. you that he has one. Well, the great thing about that degree is that you don't really have to know much. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> you, can, you can read, uh, as long as you read a few books, you can just be like, yeah. sure. I never went to college. So KJQ exploded. Mm-hmm. How did X96 form? That was an interesting uh, situation. That was, uh, uh, <clears throat> I couldn't leave to go to KJQ. There was a mass walkout. All the employees of KJQ walked out because we had just got purchased by this 
a gentleman we affectionately referred to as the asshole from El Paso. And he was going to come in. He's going to show us how to do radio. Now, keep in mind, KJQ, for having a, a station in Ogden and, a, and three crappy signals you had to listen to it, was matching and beating some of the top stations in the market at the time. But he was going to come in and show us how to do radio. Right. So uh, all, the, all of the staff got together and said, that's it, we're walking. It's just, we're, we're, we're all going to quit tomorrow. Well, tender our resignations. I held my hand up. Excuse me, uh, I can't. Why is that? It's a little thing called cancer. I, uh, <laughs> I need my health insurance. insurance. I need this shitty health insurance. <laughs> well, you, you know, you can, you can uh, get on the dole or something. I'll take care of you. I went, if it were the flu, yeah. uh, I'd join you. It's a little thing called cancer. I don't know if you've heard of it. I think I might want to stick with the insurance. I, I, I want to go, and I will go as soon as this gets taken care of. I'll, yeah. uh, I'm out of here. So, well, all right, fine. Well, they all left, and I had to stay. And uh, uh, I found out later that they resented me for not jumping, even though cancer. Yeah. You know, even yeah. it was it was an odd thing. So during that time, uh, Jim Facer, uh, one of he was at the time the sales manager for KJQ. He was just the head salesman. He uh, started uh, working with uh, Jim McNeil, United Concerts. He said, "You know, there's a, a stick down in Provo for sale. There's a frequency. We could we could get that. And we could start up." KJQ, we could do a, a competing station. We could take those guys out. We've got the whole staff. Awesome. Is that where it started? That's where it started. That's why you always say Provo in the. Uh, that's IDs. why. <laughs> that's that's because that's where our towers is located. Oh, okay. The legal city of license is Provo. Right. And I'll start saying Provo, Ogden, Salt Lake City as soon as we start acting like a grown-up radio station. Then I'll. <laughs> then I'll <do> it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so KJQ was playing the same music. Then the then the asshole from El Paso comes along. Everybody quits, and he, you know, he brings in these new PDs who just don't have the, the local feel. I mean, he brings them in from all of these markets across the nation. And as we all know, KJQ, well, I don't know, you guys are probably too young. KJQ was, was very much all about what Utah liked as far as this music went. Yeah. And that Utah. Ska. Yeah, <laughs> lot, there, well, there was at the time. There was a lot of ska. Uh, but uh, it, it had a unique local feel. And when this asshole took over, it lost that feeling. Yeah. Even when the jocks were still there, it, they began to notice the feeling was gone. So, it explodes, but before it explodes, X96 starts up. Boom. Right away, the impact is felt. Uh, Bill's doing mornings with Dom now instead of me, you know. And uh, everybody's there except for me, and I'm watching it just go and go and go, and I'm... I'm, like, doing the cancer thing, trying to hold on to my job thing uh, because of the insurance... And it was it was really really rough. KJQ goes down. I'm unemployed. Oh my god! Three months of just depression. You know, the girl left me. The whole thing. And uh, I I run out of my unemployment to the point where they said we won't continue your unemployment until you come down to the unemployment office and take a lesson in how to apply for a job. Oh, they can teach that. Seems reasonable. Yeah. And I kept telling them, I know how to apply for a job. Get a pencil. Step one. <laughs> so I'm sitting down there in that class, and the door, the, the, and I'm just like, Jesus, I know all this shit. I know I'm not supposed to go in with unshaven and you know smelling of alcohol. I know these things. This is all common sense. This is a waste I just of... You know. can't help myself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I look up at the door, and I look, and there's Sue Kelly. Uh, who uh, who's still a staple in radio here in Utah, uh, and at the time she was uh, she was programming ninety four nine CHT, which at the time was was uh, playing uh, what is now called hip hop. <laughs> That's right, hip hop and dance music. Yeah, yeah. And now she, they're like hard rock or something. Now. now they're they're like a, a top forty. Top yeah. forty. Um, but uh, uh, well, it's, it became yeah. a different. It's a whole evolution thing. But she, she gestures and come out in the hallway, and I get up and I start walking out. And, and the instructor of the class said, uh, Mr. Jackson, we're not finished. And Sue looks at him and says, he got a job. I'm giving him a job right now. He doesn't need you. <laughs> I said, what? And she goes, do you want to do mornings? I need, a, I need a morning person. And, you know, please, would you do morning? Like, yes, yes. Not the music that I was known, you know, had made my name for. But uh, right. I saw it as an opportunity to, to, uh, to prove more importantly to myself fear <laughs> i had to prove to myself that i could do this without any assistance yeah had to do it all on my own 
just using my, my wits and my skills on my own and make this a success. So that was the fear motivator. And the revenge factor was also there too. Again, fear and revenge, my motivations in life. So I started doing mornings, a solo morning show, and I decided I'm going to do everything that I would do with my regular team morning show. I'm going to have sketches, we're going to have bits, and I'm going to do all of it. I'm going to write it. I'm going to do the news. I'm going to run the board. I'm going to do everything. And it was the hardest year of my life, but the most so, so fulfilling personally. Right. And the ratings went up. And, uh, and, and I, uh, it was a success. They gave you free reign? Yeah. Kind of do Sue, Sue trusted me. Wow. And bless her. Oh, she was just, she was just wonderful about the whole thing. And uh, so I, I, I am proud to say that I'm one of the first DJs who played Dr. Dre in the Salt Lake City market. <laughs> nice. So I'm, nice. I'm kind of proud of that. Now, did you have, like, programming choice as far as music goes? Because I no, no, I had to follow. That was something that I, I didn't know about. I didn't yeah. know that style of music, so I trusted Sue. You know, I went... Just tell me what I'm supposed to play. Right. So it was everything from, you know, the first tracks from The Chronic to Mars, Pump Up the Volume. And, you know, this, this it was a really kind of a cool, eclectic mix of music. Yeah. It really was. Because I, was I was a DJ, remember? Yes, you were. <laughs> a radio personality. No, I, um, Park City has a radio station. Mm-hmm. And it's community radio. Mm-hmm. So it's just all volunteer. And, uh, and so I volunteered. And their programming... What would you call it? Uh, rules, whatever. It's just. It was just. All the music has to be pre. Half of it needs to be pre nineteen eighty, and it has to be post nineteen eighty. So that's the dividing line. <laughs> so I basically, they just gigs. didn't want us to play too much modern music. I love those gigs, though. It was great. I had Chuck came by a couple of times. Yeah. Got me in trouble. But, I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. We um, we spiced up the intro to That's Weekend right. News with Rick Bruff and the now, producer. Yeah, one. news is supposed to be taken seriously. <laughs> oh, really? Serious about that? You can't just like. <laughs> All right, Les Nessman, we'll get right on. Oh this God! Fantastic. It was his. It, it, the news is supposed to be taken seriously, and this guy's voice sounded like yeah. this. Yeah, it was Rick like, Bruff. Now the news with Rick Bruff. <laughs> and then, <laughs> just couldn't resist. It, I I had a, a, a similar situation when I was working up in Logan at a rock station, and there was the oldies uh, from noon to one. And uh, all request show. It hardly got requests. So I was, <laughs> you know, I mean, and so I, I brought in all of my soul and blues records that I love so much. Oh, nice. You know, so I was doing some Sam Cooke. I was doing, you know, Al Green and, and all this great stuff that I loved, you know. And it was uh, two days or three days after I started doing that, the PD, Dan Gerard, calls me and says, uh, Carrie, uh, getting some... Uh, People wondering about uh, that uh, program. Uh, let me just ask you a question. Uh, you think you could throw in some Beach Boys? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Dan? Because I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but it's really black. Yeah, it's really, really black. A lot music. of these, you know, these, <laughs> you know, white kids up here. They're, you know, could you throw in some Beach Boys? I don't know. I don't necessarily know. Well, all right, whatever. Fine. <laughs> Had that, that sounds. I had that job uh, for a week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Where would you like me to throw in the Beach Boys? Exactly, I'll throw it out the window. <laughs> I throw them anywhere. <laughs> oh god, radio is a great place to get stoned, though. I gotta say, <laughs> just, <laughs> unless you have to operate too many. <laughs> that is true. I haven't had to buy my own pot in a long time. So, <laughs> right. so. That you, huh? Park City Radio didn't actually have records. They did. We still yeah. had records, and that's, uh, that's how I learned. It yeah. was. It was great. I, I, I had so much fun. It was not a professional environment. I don't know what a professional... I, I saw your guys set up a few weeks ago. And, that's, so, not very, that's not very... <laughs> that's not very... That's a fucking mess is what that is. I walked in and I'm like, wow, look at this. They've got monitors and... Yeah, that's what everyone looks at. things. Everyone looks at the big computer monitors uh-huh. and they don't look at everything else, which is great because if you do look at everything else... It's like, what a piece of shit this well, place is. Well, it's kind of funny. I was like, this, this is just a room in a building, what really. What a fucking <laughs> dump, you know? <laughs> and no chair. Did I tell you? I got no chair. You got to stand up? I just got to stand up. Oh, stand up board. Keeps the, cool. It keeps the energy going. The only problem is I couldn't see you the whole time because you've got your, you got I got your my, things up I'm there. surrounded by monitors. So I'm looking, I'm looking down at, and if people don't know what I'm talking about, I, was, I did a little, what do you call it? You were on, you were on Aska. Yeah, Aska. Ask an airline pilot. Ask an airline pilot. I'm looking to my right, and Gina's just looking up at me like, mm-hmm. she's very nice. <laughs> she's, she's just, she looked like she was tolerating me, though. I wasn't sure. No, it was just her face. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then Bill, uh, Bill I've met before. I met him on a bike ride, on a motorcycle ride. And, um, and then I was like, Carrie's like over there somewhere. I see his feet. So. I'm busy running shit. <laughs> right. So you have to do all this stuff then. Uh, it's not have to. I choose to. 
and it's because I am a control freak. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I I'm the only one I trust to uh, to keep us on time, keep the flow going. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's a shiny keys thing with with Bill and Gina. They'll get off track, and I'm going to focus them back. Right. And you know, uh, I'm making sure that all the times are hit. And it's it's gotten a lot harder uh, lately because of the new ratings, uh, the way the ratings are made now. It's no longer a diary where you write down. I listened to and mail it in. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little machine. It's about as big as, as this little recorder here, and uh, it it hears what you hear, and it tells a computer that uh, that that this person was exposed to a certain radio station for a certain period of time. Where are these things? They uh, the ratings company sends them to you. You have to be chosen. Oh, like Nielsen this. family. Yeah, like Nielsen family ah. exactly. But you carry it around with you at all times. Wow. Don't we have the technology actually figure out how many people are listening yet? Or well, watching a TV show? Or it, it, pulling in the wavelength? <laughs> I, I don't know. You would think. You'd think they'd be able to do that. We and even people on the moon, Chuck. God damn it. <laughs> and even this, it's it's a matter of, oh, God, what was the last count? I want to say about 400 and 450 people in the state uh-huh. are deciding what radio stations live or die. So I need to get one of these things. I need all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I noticed 103.1... Which used to play classic rock, which was a great one to have on the station just for roaming mm-hmm. around the radio, mm-hmm. uh, is now apparently a right-wing talk show uh, station. Oh, is that KLO yes. now? Because so. we need more of those. Yes, we didn't yeah. have enough. Well, um, you, you now have more choices of yeah. classic <laughs> rock, actually. Yeah. That, uh, the, 107.9 went out, right? Uh, let's see. Now, where, what were they? The End. Oh, the well, end. see, they, were, they went from 107.9 to 101.9. Oh, they're 101.9. And now they're now. gone. Okay, I now they're gone, finally. <laughs> it's a slow I had to kill them, twi- I had to kill them twice. I had to kill them fuckers twice. It was- <laughs> they came they back. went down, they came back, and I'm like, I gotta kill you again? It's like All a right. whack-a-mole. It's like exactly. a zombie. Well, they are gone for good now. Whoa, All right. it? I know that. They're Everybody hear that? Good. I just punched the mic. It's alright. So. <laughs> We've never had mics before. Very professional. Very professional. He's Italian. He talks with his hands. <laughs> so anyway. Oh my God. What else do you guys want to talk about? Good guy. It's your show. I'm. I, it may yeah. be here for those who listen to this this show regularly. They're recording here live from my uh, well recorded We're in live the basement in the basement from Geek Show Studios. Yeah, actual uh, microphones in, in my house. Microphones. I know talking to people face to face. I'm freaking out. Um, <laughs> it could change your show forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's your show. So tell me what to do. The biggest I'm problem just, is we can never get Chuck out of his house. Yeah, I'm so. just, I'm just, I'm just That's running correct. the board over here for you guys. So you're in charge. Well, you know, um, the original reason one hour into this that we, <laughs> that we came to, which is great. Now, this is all quality. Way. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> this is gold, baby. Um, it's because we've kind of been talking about it. Is like, I never knew you were an atheist until it just it just comes. You don't put it out there, but it, it no. comes out sometimes. It, it kind of comes out. Like, yeah, well, I'm an atheist. So I don't know. See, here's here here's the here's the thing about the uh, Salt Lake uh, Ogden Provo market. The, uh, there's still a lot of Mormons out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and a lot of those Mormons are uh, they have a lot of money. So one of the things I want to know is like at work, is is it affect you at work? Are you ever told like you don't want to? Does anybody no. ever say anything to you, or is it just kind of understood? I had I had our boss uh, about six months ago uh, say to me, um, "Don't say Jesus in the pejorative, because oh, that of- yeah, he yeah. says that offends me." And he thought that by, you know, invoking the fact that he was my general manager, that that would stop me. <laughs> um, he you told, didn't just go for the Simpsons. He I, told you it offends I, him personally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, nice. So he thought that you know I'd yeah. be a nice guy, right? Of course, and. Uh, <laughs> Two minutes later on the radio. I mean, if, if he if he continues to push it, I'll just give him my contract and say, "Go ahead, go through there and, and tell me if anything that personally offends you uh, can be taken <laughs> in that contract." You're not the listener. You just you're. Right. Um, <laughs> He's going to amend your contract you know. now. No <laughs> more Jesus. <talk. laughs> no, because uh, here's how it works, and, and this is just with uh, with broadcast. Is uh, the FCC? Um, God damn it! Is not a forbidden word. Ah, it's my favorite swear. Excellent. But I don't use it on the air. I could, but I don't, because I'm respectful of the audience. They have a problem with that one. Yeah. So I'll give them that. I, I, won't, I won't use that one. Do you, go, do you use the Utah term? I know we do the, or you, we, you, the mother hugging. I always like the mother hugging mm-hmm. um, instead of the motherfucking. Well, you can't say fuck on the radio. Right. right. 
But um, do you do the fudge and the heck? No. Oh, my heck? No, I refuse. They, I refuse. They used to make fun of that on KJQ. Mm-hmm. I remember some old bits about that. I think there was Lost in Magna. That song was there on KJQ. Um, well, we used oh to gosh, we used heck. to do uh, Utah Word of the Day. Yes, that's and uh, that was that was we did a whole list of uh, Utah swears. Yeah. And uh, but no, I won't say fudge or flipping or frickin' because oh, I think you sound like <laughs> a nine-year-old right. when you do that. You know, and if you do believe in God, not only does He know what you're saying, He's insulted. Right? Yeah. What are you trying to pull one over on me? I know what you mean. Yeah. Gosh darn it! <laughs> Jesus knows. He knows all about the thought crime. If so. your deity is so sensitive that He can't take His name being uh, used as a pejorative. Mm-hmm. And you probably ought to find someone else to worship. Exactly. Right. He's a little soft. We had a couple of questions, only a yes. couple, um, from some of our, our listeners on the, the, the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a bunch of smartasses, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's not a lot. I think the first one was, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. mm, okay. Why do Mormons eat green jello? Is uh, That's one that, that will never be uh, answered. I've asked that question for years. Inexplicable. Years. I read an article that even the Jello, like one of the is it, uh, is it head it's green executives it's in Jello, they don't even know. Nobody like, we knows. Don't know. It just sells particularly well in Utah. I think that it has something to do with the uh, the ward, uh, you know, the Relief Society when they bring a casserole, and, and the Jello casserole is just easy to do. The green Jello, you put the marshmallows in it, and it's just quick and easy. It's cheap. Yeah. You know, it harkens back to the old times, the good old fifties. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> back remember then, those days? Back then, a, green. No, back then a packet of Jello was like what. 20 cents, if yeah. that, you know? Yeah. So it was cheap and easy. You throw it together, it's quick, it's out. It's you like know? 50 cents now. Yeah. The, no. um, we have a lot, of, we don't have a whole lot of local listeners. Uh, a lot of our listeners are out of um, out of the state. Hello, out of state listeners. Geekshowpodcast.com. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, now, it looks like somebody knows you, but I have to scroll past Chuck's comments in here. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just, this is for our fans, Chuck. This is something. All right, fine. You're taking up the. Uh, Brian Cunningham? Cunningham. Brian Cunningham. I heard him mention being an atheist on a show on more than one occasion. Has he ever had complaints from listeners? You, we kind of asked. That was more about your job, but yeah, yeah. no listeners. No, the listeners are very cool about it. They, uh, our, the listeners to our show, I, I think you know because well, they know who we are, and uh, they also know that uh, if they're offended by stuff like that, they won't listen, and they do go listen to something else. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And if they are in fact strong in their faith, they shouldn't feel threatened. No, you shouldn't at all. No, that's a, it. Is a little self-selecting, I think. Right? You guys lean more to the left than oh, the yeah, majority we, of oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Utah programming. Oh, uh, and 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 that is true. I you know we keep we keep we'll occasionally get you know the anonymous text from uh, you know what must go is liberal radio DJs. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, say we do disappear tomorrow. Say we do. Who does that leave you? <laughs> well, let's see. There's like 46 stations in the market in Salt Lake. Yeah. Wow. Us. And, well, NPR. So, yeah. out of all those stations, I think you can find something that you'll like. Yeah, that's right. And if it ain't us, may your deity bless you. Go. There's, yeah. there's plenty of AM radio for you. No, I, our, our listeners are incredibly cool in that they know that, uh, that just, just me being an atheist is not a threat to their lifestyle. I mean, I, I get more hate mail about the fact that I don't want kids and don't like kids. That, oh, now that is offensive. That is more You're offensive the for, to them. That is more right. offensive than the fact that I don't go to church. Why do you hate children, Carrie? Yeah. That's why I don't hate them. <laughs> hey, you got them? Great, go. That is fine. They're terrific. Just leave me out of it. You know. <laughs> now, see, I, I used to be that way. I used to be the no kids, mm-hmm. no way ever. Other people's kids, great. My family having kids, that's the best because you play with them and then Send they get sent home. on their way. Yeah. You know. But then one day, yeah. Pull-out doesn't work, by the way, no, that method. That's right. I have two, <laughs> there you go. I had two <laughs> condom babies. Oh, really? That was not, not as effective you know, as they say. Needle. needle. The Name them uh, Trojan and Durex. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm here to tell you, you should have kids. It's Why? very rewarding. Yeah. Oh, Why? it'll bring you guys closer together. And <laughs> <laughs> Because we're being outnumbered. What do you mean we're being outnumbered? The people of political persuasion of a, of a certain bent... Are, are seem to be pumping them out in large numbers. That's not. Uh, we're not being outnumbered. If you look are at you the, sure? if you look at the statistics, yeah. uh, people who admit to being atheists up 
all the time, constantly, every year. But very small percentage. Oh, no, no. Significant percentages. If, if, you, if you look at the latest statistics, I heard Penn Jillette talking about this the other day. He said this year's statistics, uh, it, it, numbers of people who are saying that they are atheist at an all-time high, and it's getting better every day. I think more and more people are coming to our side. And more and more people are looking at this child-free lifestyle. I'm, I'm starting to see more and more websites and, yeah, yeah. and uh, dedicated to it. Dinks. Uh, Twitter feeds. So. <laughs> yeah, and there was a cover story in was it Time Magazine just a couple of three weeks ago. Uh, it was uh, child-free by choice. And it yeah, had this yeah. couple lying on the beach. And it outraged Mike Huckabee. Oh, he oh, was outraged how selfish these people are. It is outrageous. How selfish you are for not having children. Well, you shouldn't okay. be able to have sex and not face the consequences. That's just That's right. 18 years of <laughs> misery. Know, what about continuing the species? And I said, the city of Sandy alone is taking care of that. For me. <laughs> right. We're going to have plenty of, of this master race, the blonde-haired, you know, blue-eyed children. Uh, thanks to Sandy, Utah. I think I think I developed this attitude when I lived in Southern Illinois for a few years. That's where I went to flight school and, mm-hmm. and started that all off. And uh, oh my God, my neighbors—it's just they just one after another, just going, going, going. And I was just like, oh no, this is. Yeah, they end up cranking out seven kids, but I came from a family of seven kids. That's right, um, but only six one of them turned out to be atheist. <laughs> here's here's another uh, thing to uh, to make you feel better. I, as as most people who know me, uh, uh, I'm I'm always in therapy. Uh, it's just a good idea for me. Uh, oh, and I have a friend who swears by it. No, I and I'll tell you what. Great. I don't want to do that to my friends. You know, I I don't want to I don't <laughs> want to oh you <laughs> I don't want to sit and, and have to to spew at them to make myself feel better. I right. I pay a guy to do that. I'll let him take the beating, and then I still have good friends because, you know, Carrie never bothers me with his shit. You know, I I take that to the therapist. But he was saying to me because we were talking about uh, atheism, and uh, he said it's amazing the number of parents that come to me and say my kid doesn't believe. What can I do? Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, he says it's a, it's an amazing number. An amazing number is happening because we got talking about how I wish I was ten years younger because I kind of like to see what's happening, what's going on down the road because of the evolution, the way that things are happening, where there are more and more people falling away from not just LDS but all churches. All churches are feeling the bite, yeah. and uh, there are more and more uh, non-believers, atheists, or even agnostics that are. It's growing and growing and growing, and uh, all of those old. Uh, Social mores are, are are going out the window. The uh, you know the uh, homosexuality is evil and, uh, and and all of this, and it's okay to be a Democrat. That's another one that's uh, starting to <laughs> starting to, uh, to to turn up there. And I I'm like I would like to see this. I mean, if you'd have told me 20 years ago, hey Carrie, guess what? Uh, in, in in 20 years from now, not only is it going to be legal for gays to get married, you'll be able to buy recreational marijuana legally. I'd say, bullshit. Next <laughs> thing you're going to tell me is that Iron Man is the number one superhero, right? <laughs> right. Not in Utah, though. Uh, <laughs> but it's happening. It's happening slowly, yeah. but it's happening.